everybody. Welcome back to Exploring the Lord of the Rings. This is session number 233 as we continue approaching, well, I was going to say approaching Moria, but of course we don't really know we're approaching Moria yet, right? We've had Gimli talking about the mountains, and we're going to get a little bit more from Gandalf today. Uh, uh, today's session is called Looking Ahead. Um, thinking about, of course, when Gandalf said he was looking ahead, you know, he was, he had gone on looking ahead and was looking behind when he came and discovered uh, Bilbo and the dwarves captured by the trolls in chapter three of The Hobbit, or two of The Hobbit, sorry. Um, so, uh, yes, approaching the very general vicinity of Moria is exactly where we are, Tolonio, and uh, um, Looking forward to seeing Gandalf's plans, uh, which are which are uh, very interesting. So, but first, a couple announcements as always. First of all, I wanted to remind you guys about a moot that is happening. Uh, our next moot, which is uh, Buckeye Moot, our first ever uh, get-together in Ohio. Um, that's going to be in Cincinnati, Ohio, in two weeks. Now, the in-person registration, we had to close that, as I warned you guys last time. Um, but uh, you can still attend remotely. So if you want to join us for Buckeye Moot, you can still do that. Um, registration is open uh, for remote attendance uh, all the way through the day of the Moot, which is the 30th of July. Uh, so that is next Saturday, uh, Saturday week here. Uh, so we are uh, coming up on Buckeye Moot, our first Moot of this calendar year, which I think is going to be a really exciting um moot year. Well, I know it's going to be a really exciting moot year, as it involves the Southern Hemisphere for the first time, which is going to be great. Uh, there are also rumors of... Um I've been hearing rumors that Maple Moot is going to actually happen this year. Uh, we're looking at Toronto uh, for Maple Moot, so uh, uh, we're, we're going to we're going to we're hoping to get to Canada as well. I'm hoping to get back to Europe this year. Uh, not to mention, um, you know, all of the uh, domestic moots that we're already planning and 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 continuing to look at. So so many things happening. I am really excited uh, for our moot season this year, and it all begins with Buckeye Moot in a week and a half. Uh, so do if you haven't registered for remote attendance on that you can i believe um yes we have socal moot praise i'm so looking forward to that um that's going to be the end of our fall season i think uh there in november so um i hope that uh you guys will uh, uh be able to join me at the moots um and uh i'm <laughs> i know i've been rather scarce lately uh my travel plans this summer are kind of crazy actually um i was of course away last week um uh on my anniversary trip with my wife which was lovely thank you all for your uh wonderful anniversary uh wishes um we had a wonderful time together in our little second honeymoon uh, we went up to canada um, and uh, it was great. Um, and this week, I'm actually leaving again. I'm flying out tomorrow uh, because I'm going out to San Diego Comic Con um, to sort of join in the uh, uh, the fun there. Um, so that'll be a good time. Um, and uh, I'm excited for that. So yeah. So unfortunately, no Alice tomorrow. I had to change my plans, Bricktails. Originally, I was planning to go out just for the weekend. And then some stuff came up. Um, I got invited to participate in some things um, on Thursday and Friday, and I was like, "Okay, fine." <laughs> so I so I changed my flight and um, am going up um, 
and going up sooner. So, yeah, it should be an interesting time. Um, you can uh, keep an eye on social media. I'm going to I'm going to be on uh, probably on Twitch and TikTok a lot this week uh, from Comic-Con. So um, looking forward to uh, looking forward to that. But um, anyway, uh, I will. uh I, I will see. But so that's what I'm going to be. So this is my only broadcast this week. Um, I was going to do a whole bunch more, but um, this is the only one I'm going to be able to get to, which is particularly hard that I'm not going to be able to do Other Minds and Hands this week, which means we're not going to get to talk about the trailer, which I've been waiting to talk about the trailer. My wife was very patient with me watching the trailer uh, from our from our, our vacation. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, so... So yeah, yeah, we're not, I'm going to be at the airport during the uh, other minds and hands time. So anyway, uh, <clears throat> um, we're um, we'll um, we'll see how things go this week. But no broadcast for later this week. But I also wanted to remind folks um, uh, about my book that's out. If you haven't heard uh, the news, if you missed uh, last time when I was announcing this after Mythmoot. Um, we, I am officially uh, beginning on the journey of the, my first Lord of the Rings book, Exploring the Lord of the Rings, Volume 1, where I'm going to be uh, doing my discussion and analysis of book one that's just book one from uh, The Long Expected Party Through the Flight to the Ford. Um, and I'm publishing this in serial format. So I'm inviting everybody to come along with me uh, for the ride and even contribute to the uh, to the book and to the discussion uh, as we go. Uh, there are opportunities to get involved at uh, various levels. So if you would like early access uh, to read the chapters as I'm producing them, um, and then even to get involved on in a deeper level, a bunch of people have signed up for the author's circle uh, which, uh, where you can get involved, they'll be meeting with folks and having discussions and, uh, and, uh, giving you guys some extra updates and things like that. Um, so anyway, yeah, awesome Highlander wins. That's fantastic. Thanks for joining the author circle. It's going to be, it's going to be really fun. I'm really, really looking forward to that. We're going to be starting up, uh, some of those festivities here pretty soon. Uh, I think I'm going to be recording some uh, some bits for the uh, for the uh, author circle from Comic Con actually, so it's gonna be it's it's gonna be cool. Anyway, uh, so I just wanted to 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 invite you guys to if you haven't uh, heard about this and to to spread the word about this. Um, this is gonna be this is a great way to help us. We have so many exciting plans for the Signum University Press. Of course, my book is the first thing that we're publishing at the Signum University Press, um, and uh, the better we can do with the book, the more resources we're gonna have uh, to be able to move forward with some of the other really exciting projects uh that we have in mind uh for the signum university press so um yes jj i have to tell you that i've been thinking of you guys a lot um as uh, you know in the uh you know in the last uh little while i've been uh, i've been thinking about chapter one and i'm working on chapter one right now i'm finishing up chapter one and um i've been thinking that uh you know the haste <laughs> the haste of those of low these five years ago um was um um was is uh coming back uh, uh is coming back to bite me uh there's so much as i'm thinking through chapter one i'm like man i wish we'd talked about this this passage i have so many questions I, you know but uh but we didn't i skipped it right so there we are um it will um it will be, it will, you know, it is what it is. Pretty soon I'll be getting up to the part where uh, I will, we'll have more to work with already, where we've already laid the groundwork. But this is why I'm like, never again. I'm ne never again. I'm not going to, I'm not going to write 
the rest of these books until we f- get our way through. So there we are. And yes, many thanks to Tony Mead for his summaries praise. Uh, that's uh, been a really, uh, a really useful thing. And JJ, you're right. Shortcuts make long delays. There, there it is proven again, right? Um, yep, and that's right, Sarah. See, life is indeed too short to read fast. That's exactly, that's exactly how this works. So anyhow, um, just wanted to remind folks about the book. Press.signumuniversity.org is where you can find all the information on Signum Press. And keep your eye out there. You can get all the information on my book, but keep your eye out there also uh, for some fun upcoming projects. We've been talking with some, uh, uh, some pretty exciting uh, authors that you, whose names you probably know. Um, and uh, we'll be, uh, hopefully releasing some news soon both books and multimedia projects it's going to be awesome so uh anyway let us get into the text here okay gandalf breaks into well doesn't break into uh he follows up gimli's speech right about the uh landscape there um and says, it is for the Dimrald Dale that we are making, said Gandalf. If we climb the pass that is called the Redhorn Gate, under the far side of Carothras, we shall come down by the Dimrald Stair into the deep vale of the dwarves. There lies the Mirror Mirror, and there the River Silverlode rises in its icy springs. Dark is the water of Heled Zaram, said Gimli, and cold are the springs of Kibilnala. My heart trembles at the thought that I may see them soon. May you have joy of the sight, my good dwarf, said Gandalf. But whatever you may do, we at least cannot stay in that valley. We must go down the Silverlode into the secret woods, and so to the great river, and then... He paused. Okay. Um, okay, so... <laughs> Notice, G- Gandalf gets interrupted here by Gimli again, right? But you have to admit that Gandalf uh, was asking for it. Right. Because not only not only does he take a breath and pause. Right. Which was clearly one of his problems. um, But he then but he also indulges in some sort of description himself. He's just he's talking about their path. If we climb the pass, right, that is called the Redhorn Gate, we shall come down by the Dimrill Stair into the deep vale of the dwarves. And if from there he had just gone on to, from there we must go down the silver load into the secret woods, right? I think he'd have been, um, I, I think he'd been home free, right? But instead, he pauses for this little expansion, right? There lies the mirror mirror, and there the river silver load rises in its icy springs. So now here Gandalf, too, like Gimli, is um, uh, sort of playing tour guide, right? Or like anticipatory tour guide, right, as they're getting ready, you know, to get them ready for what they're going to see there. And of course, not only does he do that, not not only does he begin describing the area, things which are not necessarily really relevant to their path, right, to the plan for the trip. Um, But he mentions the mirror mirror, right? And there now you've got Gimli reciting poetry, right? Dark is the water of Kaladzaram, and cold are the springs of Kibilnala. I don't know how that poem goes, right? I don't know fully how that poem goes, but it's clearly poetic. Dark is the water of Kaladzaram, and cold are the springs of Kibilnala. Um, the pacing and the, 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 the metrical quality 
of those lines make it pretty clear that Gimli is reciting something, something which may likely, I think, have been meant to be sung, even. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah. Um, Gimli's poetic response. And keep in mind, once again, we have Gimli, some might call it oversharing, right? But, but he's sharing, right? He's sharing, and he's sharing to a surprising degree, right? Um, I don't know to what extent the names of the three mountains, the dwarvish names, I mean, um, the Kuzdul names of the, of, the dwar of the mountains are secret, Right. We're told the language as a whole is secret. So I gather I, my I'm, my guess from that is that, you know, all of its words are more or less by default um, uh, secret. But at the very least, this has got to be right. Um, dark is the water of Khaled Zaram, um, the dwarvish name of the mirror mirror. Right. Surely, surely that that is. Um, that has got to be a little bit more private, right? And cold are the springs of Kibilnala. That is the River Silverload, presumably, right? There the River Silverload rises in its icy springs. Cold are the springs of Kibilnala. So that would seem to be um, what he's uh, talking about there. Um, but yeah, Valori, I agree. It is a special and intimate way, right? He's... Um, I said that um, this certainly sounds like poetry, and I was suspecting may be a song that he is reciting. I would perhaps go even further um, to say that it, I, given his the whole sort of tone of his words there, it sounds like it might very well be some kind of hymn, right? I mean, there's... Um, Reverend, my heart trembles. What a wonderful expression that is. My heart trembles at the thought that I may see them soon. Um, Gimli has only seen the mountains of Moria once in waking life before, from afar. Um, he has never seen Khaled Zaram um, or the springs of Kibilnala. Um, and that is... This is clearly, um, you know, as we will see later on when, you know, remembering ahead to when Gimli actually gets there, um, this is a very sacred spot um, for the dwarves. Um, and I think that that's really a big deal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Chris, I do think that he's translating a dwarvish work of poetry or music. Um, and we do get, again, it's, it's, it's rhythmic. Dark is the water of Heled Zaram, and cold are the springs of Kibilnala. Note the balance there. They're not exactly, it's not like uh, they're in perfect iams or something like that, because they're not. But notice the shape. Dark is the water of Heled Zaram. So, stressed, two unstressed syllables then a stress syllable and two unstressed syllables, and then stressed, unstressed, 
stressed, unstressed, right? Dark is the water of Khaled Zara. Um, and then the second line, and cold are the springs of Kibil Nala. Exact same rhythmic pattern of both lines, right? It's not a form that we use, like it's not a, 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 a normal, like English poetic um, thing uh, that's happening there. It's kind of it's kind of irregular. It's it's um, it's a it's an idiosyncratic pattern. By the way, Tolkien did this on several occasions. Um, Tolkien liked to not only play with conventional meters, um, but to use sort of develop his own metrical shape. There are several poems that he did where we where we can see this happening. Um, where he would develop this fairly intricate shape um, and repeat it and sometimes vary it and sometimes you know, sort of pull it out in particular times. Um, but where he'd just be like, yeah, instead of just having, um, as I recall off the top of my head, I'm remembering vaguely that I was noticing a pattern like this. It was complicated. It was like a f 11 syllable pattern. Um, that he was pulling out repeatedly in, if I'm remembering correctly, it was Cortirian Among the Trees. Um, I taught a course at Signum um, on Tolkien's poetry where we went through basically Tolkien's whole poetic corpus of short poetry. Um, and um, it, was, it was really fun. But I think, so I'm remembering back, well, golly, when was that? Summer of 2015, I want to say I taught that class? Wow, it's been a long time. But anyway, um, uh, he... Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, the course got through more than three lines. We did the whole corpus. Dolores stroke. It was uh, scarring, but no, no, it was fun. It was fun, but uh, rushed in some ways. Uh, but anyway, th this is a thing. Anyway, that I as that I as I say that you can see several times when you're listening to a line like this, and you're like, yeah, that's a that's an unusual rhythm, and then you're like, oh yeah, and that rhyme is in the same unusual rhythm, and we can see that we can see that going on here. Um, um, uh, so anyhow, um, my heart, so when he segues out of what seems like the quotation, right, those two lines, my heart trembles at the thought that I may see them soon. Um, he's still in poetic mode, at least as far as, you know, sort of the, the register of his speech, right, the metaphor that he uses, um, that the tremble of his heart um, his, you know, he's not like, it's not like he's excited, right? Like his hands aren't trembling or something like this. It's not like a, it's not like an adrenaline reaction, right? Um, he is feeling in his heart, like he's having palpitations in his heart, right? Tremblings in his heart at the thought that I may see them soon. His, 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 uh, you know, he's having this deep reaction at the idea that soon, that I may see them soon, right? Um, I'm tempted there to stress the word I, right? My heart trembles at the thought that I may see them soon, right? You could stress see as well, right? That I may see them, right? Or soon, um, but um, I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, we do get a little bit more of it, right? We will get a little bit more of it. Um, that is, Gimli isn't the only one who knows this poem. Uh, someone else knows this poem and will quote a little more of it, right? Um, of course, I'm thinking as uh, a couple of people have already been remembering, um, Galadriel is going to quote this same poem, right? And she's going to quote the next line as well. Um, 
so um so yes that's the only place where we are going to get more of it in that way but um uh uh but anyway yeah yeah um see right <laughs> people talking about whether dwarves do tralalalali you know here's the thing are we sure they don't the only difference is they tralalalali where nobody can see them <laughs> nobody else right they don't tralalalali in public is the main difference but who knows right i don't know um they do chip the glasses and crack the plates exactly Exactly. That's a nice uh, public vernacular piece of fun. Um, yes, doing dishes. Mudmore was thinking the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Praise. No, you're right. Curse my enemies that they do in public. Right. Uh, the axes of the dwarves are upon you. Right. Um, by the way, uh, somebody might think of that and say, um, wait, well, hang on a second. How can you say that, like, the whole language is secret and that, you know, like any word of Kuzdol is secret when they're shouting, you know, Gimli shouting this all the time, right? Baruch Hazad, Kazad I Menu, right? We haven't gotten there yet, but he will be shouting that, right? Um, but, uh, but of course, you're shouting that when you're about to kill all the witnesses, <laughs> right? I mean, your allies, you're sharing it with your allies, right? Um, but, uh, but the isn't the point, right, that it's like the last thing your enemies hear? So, um, <laughs> exactly. Evil Dr. Cannon says he doesn't expect the listeners to survive. That's exactly it, right, with the battle cry, for sure. Um, but... Um, uh, yeah, no, no, Drowstink, not your allies, not your allies, right? It's again, he's sharing. Look, him, look he's sharing here, right? Um, and he totally doesn't have to, right? This is Gimli going way further out of his way, right? Um, you could say that he got swept up uh, in the moment, right? When they come over that rise and he's looking at the three mountains of Moria in front of him for the second time in waking life, right? Um, what seems like literally his dreams, like he has literally dreamed of these mountains um, uh, in his in his dreams. And now he's seeing them again for the second time in his life. We don't know how long it's been since the first time, right? Um, and he's, and they're approaching them, right? They're, they're going straight towards them. That at that moment, he might, you know, his heart might overflow uh, and he let loose that speech, which was still like, he doesn't have to say it to everybody. He doesn't have to share it with everybody, but he does, right, as we talked about before. But surely, um, surely, if that was a slip of some sort, right, if that only happened because he got carried away and whatever, um, he's had time to recover himself. Gandalf breaks in right and starts talking about these things and then he goes again and 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 seems to me to go a great deal further right um not only giving more of these secret dwarf names um but even like i can't think that that poem or song that he's quoting is something that many dwarves have recited in the hearing of many other non-dwarves right i just um, I can't imagine that that's very common. Um, and I think we have reason, I think we have evidence from the text to believe that what Gimli is doing here is very unusual. And that evidence, by the way, is in Gimli's response to Goadriel's reciting of it. Um, the fact that she knows the poem is clearly to Gimli a huge deal, right? As we'll see. Um, um, we'll get there. We'll get there. She can't be long at all. 
Um, but, um, uh, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's pretty clear that not many people know this. So he's, he's, he's had a moment to collect himself. Right. Um, but he doesn't, um, he doesn't take advantage of that to curtail his oversharing. Right. Um, instead he just plunges straight in and goes even further with it. And again, I think it's, um, yeah, I'm not, obviously I'm not trying to critique uh, to, to criticize Ghibli for this, right? I'm not saying he's being bad or doing something wrong, or even necessarily that like Glowin would be scandalized if he saw what his boy was doing these days, right? Um, but I think that it is a testimony. It does show us Gimli's attitude, right? It's it's a big deal that Gimli shares this, and that this is the way we're introduced to him, right? This is remember this really. I mean, we were literally introduced to him. Like there's Gimli, right? Um, uh, before. But this is the first time we've seen him do or say anything independently. Um, he was like a name on a list before. Um, but um, uh, but yes, uh, Bjorning exactly. Gimli the Uniter, the bridge between dwarves and the other free peoples. That is precisely the role that we see. Now, JJ, you're right. Um, we did get the uh, his his um, you know the aphorism competition with Elrond, right? So we heard from him before. Um, and I, we did learn some things about him, but they weren't in this direction, right? They didn't show us this. They showed us, what did they show us? What did we learn? We didn't ask that question before. And now that you brought it up, we might as well, right? Yeah, Chris was thinking about the same thing too. Um, so what did we learn from Gimli in what he was doing and saying. Um, he, you know, faithless is he that says farewell when the road darkens, he says, right? Um, and so we see his own, the importance that he places on faithfulness, right? The scorn with which he treats the idea that people might, um, you know, wander off and do the things. Yeah, he, loyalty. He's he, and, and that he's a team player, right? Yeah, focused on loyalty and fellowship. Absolutely, willing to sacrifice. Right. Remember, he was the one who was saying, like, yeah, let, let's. I move, we take oaths. Right. Who's with me? Everybody agrees that's a great idea. Right. Um, that was that was that was Gimli. In other words, he was not afraid to bind himself. Um, he was he was in favor of you know, laying it on the line, basically. And it was Elrond who was um, insisting that they keep their, you know, their minds open, right? That they keep their, their options open uh, for moving forward. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and of course, now that you think about it, there's a kind of irony almost here, right? Um, almost every session we have uh, uh, here together, I, um, you know, in, in almost every passage that we're looking at, there's like at least one thing that I feel like I've, I've almost never even noticed before. Um, here's the thing that jumped out at me tonight. Um, when Gandalf at the bottom says, but whatever you may do, we at least cannot stay in that valley, Right. Um, I'd never really fully processed that sentence before, I think. 
right? He says to Gimli, may you have joy of the sight, my good dwarf, but whatever you may do, we at least cannot stay in that valley. Um, he's leaving it open that Gimli might decide to stay, right? That like, this is, he's going to make like a full pilgrimage of it or whatever, right? Um, Gandalf says, so on the one hand, Gandalf is like gently warning him, like we keep in mind, and like I want you to know in advance, Gimli, that we're not going to have like a lot of time for extra tourist stops along the way, right? Um, so if you want to spend some time at the Mirror Mirror, which like no judgment or whatever, but like we can't wait there. So I'm just going to warn you, we're going to have to move along. We can't stay in that valley. Whatever you may do, we can't stay in that, um, in that, in that valley. Um, and, you know, I think that, um, it's interesting. Again, it's interesting in light of what the, you know, not debate, because this isn't exactly a debate, um, but the, um, exchange with Elrond, right? Um, Gimli was all about um, no, like, this is a, you know, this is a serious quest. Let's, let's take an oath. Um, uh, you know, faithless is he that says farewell. Um, and yet he's now, he's the first one. He's not suggested that he's going to leave the party, right? But Gandalf is leaving that open, right? Um, yeah, Arden Cran is wondering if uh, Gandalf is unconsciously anticipating that the Fellowship will be pursued out of the valley. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily anticipating pursuit. Um, obviously, you're not going to stay in the valley. Uh, you know, you're not going to stay in the, you know, the Nandohirion there um, when Lothlorien is like right there <laughs> and your goal, right? You're going to go into the secret woods and be safe there. Um, so if there's going to be any pausing, it's going to be there. It's not going to be upstream. Um, so I don't think he has to be anticipating pursuit, though obviously it's not a safe place, right? Um, uh, and going back to that first paragraph, and sorry, I'm jumping all over the place tonight, but... Um, Remember where Gandalf, how Gandalf got here, right? Look at what he says about this. So Arden Cran, I'm still thinking about your, is he anticipating they're going to be pursued? There are a couple of ways Gandalf could have played this, right? His plan, they're going to go over the Redhorn Gate, right? They're going to climb the pass that's called the Redhorn Gate. That's the plan. Um, and then they're going to go down the other side. And when they get there, they're going to be in this valley. Now, again, there's a couple ways he could describe this valley, right? And I don't just mean the way that Gimli is giving us, like, you can describe it in Kuzdul, you can describe it in, in uh, Sindarin, you can describe it in, com in, you know, in common. Um, no. Um, what I mean, he says he calls it into the deep veil of the dwarves. The deep veil of the dwarves? The veil of the dwarves, right? In... Um, in what sense? In what in what in what sense is it the veil of the dwarves? I mean, yeah, they've got history there, right? As Gimli has already pointed to, right? And perhaps he's calling it the deep veil of the dwarves in deference, right, to the 
uh, illusions which Gimli just made, which he surely understands, right? The valley that they cannot forget. Um, and so he calls it the Deep Vale of the Dwarves. There are no dwarves there, right? Um, and Gandalf, we n know that Gandalf is fairly confident that there are no dwarves anywhere nearby. Um, everybody in the party. Well, um, no, I think everybody in the party fully expects to find Balin's company dead. Um, they would like to discover what happened to them. They would like to confirm that. Um, but unlike in the films, um, there is no anticipation that Balin for sure is still alive. Gandalf doesn't close the door on that, right? He leaves that as like, who knows? Maybe he's still there, right? But I don't think that Gandalf really hopes for that. I don't think any of them really hope for that. Yeah, they've been silent for like 25 years, Two Juice Man. That's exactly right. Um, um, it's been a long time. It's very unlikely that they're still around. Um, yeah, exactly. Again, um, uh, yeah, J.J., exactly. J.J. is quoting the text where um, Gandalf is uh, putting a bright light on things. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get to that one legitimately soon, J.J. Um, but, um, uh, but yeah, so he's not ready to shut the door completely, but everybody everybody's pretty confident uh, that they're dead. In, in other words, again, I'm coming back to the deep veil of the dwarves. Why does he call it that, right? Indifference to Gimli, perhaps, and Gimli's feelings. Um, and as a historical reference to the fact that this is the veil, the deep veil, where the dwarves died and won, right, their, their war with the goblins um, so many years ago. Yes, possibly. But of course, he could also call it, you know, the deep veil that is really likely to be crawling with orcs and orc spies, right? Because they're the ones who still are <laughs> there. We know for sure there are orcs there. Um, in Moria. Um, uh, that's got to be almost certain. So, again, Arden Cran, again, I'm thinking about your question about is he anticipating being chased? No, I don't think he's having a presentiment of that here, exactly. Um, but he's got to know that it's a possibility, right? When you are approaching the gates of Moria, which is what the Deep Vale of the Dwarves leads up to, right? Um, uh, if if you're approaching Moria, you've got to realize you're in significant danger. Um, even again, remembering the history, right, from Appendix A, um, when Thror and his servant approached the gates of Moria, right, um, they were um, they were seen, right? They were spotted um, by the orcs that were inside. So, yeah, it's dangerous. No, you don't want to linger there. Um, not even for tourist purposes, right? Not even for, um, you know, a totally understandable dwarvish pilgrimage, right? Um, praise, is it ever specified which pass Bilbo crosses in The Hobbit? I think, let me go back to the map here. I believe it's the high pass that he goes through here. Um, I, I, think, I think it's the high pass near Rivendell. Um, that they are going through because they're aiming for this road, the old forest road, right? Um, and they end up getting sidetracked, right? Um, and they are continually sidetracked to the north, 
right? The first sidetracking is coming out the back door and ending up at the Carrick, which is north of the old Ford, where the old Forest Road. So they were going to go to the old Forest Road, which would have ended badly, right? And instead they end up at the Carrick and they end up going on the other Elf Road, um, not the old Forest Road, but a different road, right, that goes in. And then that ends badly now. And then they end up going the river instead. So they keep getting bumped north. Um, but um, yeah, so, um, so I'm pretty sure it's the high pass that they're crossing where they get captured by goblins and stuff in The Hobbit. Um, so they were way south of this. They were definitely not down here. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, now the, uh, the Bjornings, uh, keep the high pass open. Um, yeah, yeah, that's part of what, like, this, this road now is, uh, is in use again, uh, we're, we're told. Um, yes, yes. Um, interesting. Sarah's asking, uh, could he be talking up the dwarves because he wanted to go to Moria rather than Aragorn's route all along. Um, I don't think so. Um, uh, I don't think so. Um, I don't think that Gandalf, Gandalf is not being, um, uh, sort of passive aggressive in that way. Like he's not being like, cause apparently he's going to say later that he, well, not that he wanted to go through more, but that he thought all along that they would be obliged to go that way. So he is kind of reconciled with the idea to the idea that they were gonna have to go that way. And so when it comes to the debate with Aragorn, he is arguing for Moria um, and not for Karathras. But it's still... Karathras seems to be Gandalf's plan A as well. It's just that he... His heart tells him that plan A is not going to pan out and they're going to end up going to plan B. Is, I think, what um, uh, what his words are going to end up uh, meaning. Um, anyhow... Um, the point that I was working up to in response to uh, Arden Crayon's comment is that Gandalf, apart from his reference later in his in the third paragraph in this passage, um, the his reference to the fact that they're they're not really going to be able to linger, right? This is not this is not pilgrimage time, Gimli. Um, apart from that, he doesn't really mention how dangerous this place is, right? He doesn't... He could. When he's emphasizing this, right? Um, instead of saying into the deep veil of the dwarves, there lies the mirror mirror, and there the river silver load rises in its icy springs, which sounds lovely, right? I mean, that's that sounds like... Uh, that, sentence, that sentence could be from like... Um, you know, the pamphlets distributed by the, like, Nanduhirian Tourism Board, right? Um, there lies the mirror mirror, and there the river silver load rises in its icy springs, right? Um, you know, uh, like, you know, enjoy an afternoon of picnicking on the, on the shores of the mirror mirror. Like, like I mean, it, it, very neutral, right? In terms of, 
Like this place is very, very dangerous, even apart from the fact that there's still the whole Durin's Bane issue unresolved, which Gandalf knows of. Now, surely he's probably not worried about Durin's Bane leaping out of the ground and chasing them down the valley. But still, this is a seriously danger, a seriously dangerous place. Um, uh, but, um, he doesn't emphasize that at all, right? He, um, he gives the tourism board description, um, instead, and then just emphasizes, we must go down the silver load into the secret woods, um, into the secret woods. And so to the great river. And then, um, he doesn't emphasize the plan, like Presumably the secret woods uh, concerning which he gives us no further information right here, right? We don't mention Goadriel. We don't mention the elves. No reference to the elves here, right? Just that there are secret woods. We must go down the silver load into the secret woods. That will presumably be safer. But again, he's not emphasized the danger before they get there, right? Um, this is an extremely neutral and non-alarming description that he's... Um, that he's giving them here. Um, and I think that that's interesting. You know, that Gandalf is, um, I don't know if this is all targeted at Frodo, you know, the like keep Frodo spirits up uh, campaign, you know, that we saw both uh, Gandalf and Bilbo engaging in, um, certainly during that, uh, you know, the Council of Bilbo there um, at the beginning, at the very beginning of chapter three. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, Catriona, you're right. He also does leave out the where they're likely to shoot you on sight part of the uh, secret woods. It's true. It's true. There are several things he kind of glosses over um, there. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and good. Both Trifle and Praise are thinking about uh, trying not to scare Boromir, uh, right, when uh, with mentioning by name, the secret woods and, uh, what might, uh, what might be there. Um, yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. And you're right, Highlander, um, that they are indeed going to fulfill Gandalf's program here, right? Aragorn is going to faithfully lead them precisely on the route that Gandalf lays out here, right? It's going to happen. Um, it's going to happen exactly as Gandalf says, including faltering exactly where Gandalf falters, right? And so to the great river, and then he pauses, right, uncertainly. And um, uh, that's, of course, exactly where the fellowship is going to break, right? Um Gandalf does not know what's going to happen, right? Peeking ahead, we see Gandalf is going to respond to the end of the journey in the end, right? Um, he stops giving a stage-by-stage um, -stage outline of their trip at that point. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is exactly... Um, and, and, and that's not a coincidence, right? I mean, Aragorn is deliberately following Gandalf's plan um, at that point, and it may even be that Aragorn was involved, um, you know, 
or, or at least briefed, um, unlike the hobbits, right, briefed by Elrond and Gandalf on the, the journey and the plan. I, I would imagine when Aragorn returned um, from his uh, trip out with the scouts that uh, Gandalf and, and Elrond shared with him the plan, right? Plan A for the journey, go down Redhorn Gate, Lothlorien, down the Great River from there. Um, you know, I'm sure they ran that by Aragorn, and he knows this already, right? But, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, Cron, uh, uh, I agree. Um, the uncertainty Aragorn experiences at the end then point of this journey, um, I think that there is a similarity. I, I like to think Gandalf is ambiguous about this, because he doesn't know. He can't foresee what's supposed to happen. The part that he outlines from where they are is kind of a no-brainer, right? I mean, again, if we go back to the map here for a second. Um, okay, so they've already come down. They're in Holland, right? They've already come down. In other words, they've already there are three passes that we were looking at. Right over the mountains. There's the high pass in the north. Uh, there's the pass here that leads down to the Gladden River and the Gladden Fields, and then there's the the Redhorn Pass um, that leads down into Lorien. They've already gone past the other two, right? Um, so, like uh, you know, the die is cast as far as which the only thing they could do now, the only option they they could either turn around and go back north, retrace their steps, uh, and try to go to one of the other paths, or they could continue down to the to the uh, gap of Rohan. Um, but they've they've uh, they've they've made their determinate way um, down to this pass, right? So that's definite. And once they cross that pass, well, then you're in the Dimril Dale. And uh, going down into Lorien seems not only prudent, but, um, uh, you know, you'd have to go quite a ways around it, right? Um, and they have no reason to want to do that. So clearly, you're going to go through the Secret Wood, and then right on the other side of the Secret Wood is the Great River, right? Which kind of leads straight down south, right towards Mordor, right? So, you know, again, that from where they are already, given the the itinerary that they started with um they uh the the part that gandalf outlines here on this slide is the no-brainer part of their trip right we must go down the silver load notice even his phrasing there right we must like it's really the only route at that point we must go down the silver load into the secret woods and so to the great river and then he pauses and there's a reason why mary pursues it yes and where then because that's where it gets interesting, right? Well, of course, we're going to go down that way, right? Where else could we very likely go? I mean, you know, you could vary it up. You could, let's travel on the east bank of the river. Let's travel on the west bank of the river. Hey, let's go down in boats, right? There are a few options, but really big picture, you're going down the Great River, right? Um, but then, once you get down the Great River, now it gets interesting. How do you, in fact, walk into Mordor, right? Um how are you going to get in? You're going to you're going to go around. You're going to go through the gate. You're going to do what? What's the plan? What happens now? Right. Um, and I think that Gandalf is not just pausing because he doesn't want to give it away. I think he's pausing because he can't he doesn't know. And, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that Gandalf and Elrond really have 
a plan A, right? I'm 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 really I'm really not sure. I mean, okay, I get plan A is to cross the mountains here and everything, but I mean, once they get down there, um, I don't think they have a plan A for finishing that sentence. I'm really not sure that they do. Um, they will have talked about the options, about how to get into Mordor and such. But I don't think Frodo is as ignorant as he is, as he shows himself to be. He doesn't have any idea um, how to get into Mordor. And I think that's deliberate. Um, I don't think that Gandalf and Elrond know what's the best way to get into Mordor. Remember that the whole plan was to eschew wisdom and strength, right? Um, you don't, they didn't make a plan about how to get the ring to Mount Doom. Like a good plan, <laughs> like a detailed plan, like one that actually involved, uh, you know, a plan of how to get there. I don't think they made one. And the reason I don't think they made one is for the same reason they didn't take Gorfindel with them, right? Um, Elrond has a presentiment that strength and wisdom is not going to get this job done, right? They're not going to succeed in the quest of the ring because of their superior advanced planning, right? Because they've come up with a foolproof plan for getting the ring into Mordor and to Mount Doom undetected, right? Um, this is not like, a, you know, the ring destruction caper that they've plotted out. I, I don't think they've plotted it. Um, I think that they have cho they've chosen their route. That was that was that was clearly for them to choose. Which way do we set off? Um, north, south, east, or west, right? How do we go? Which way do we go? How do we cross the mountains? Um, and then once we get into the, um, uh, once we get into the area of Mordor, um, yeah, evil Dr. Cannon, exactly. Elrond tells Frodo that if he doesn't find a way, no one will. That's what his heart tells him, that if Frodo doesn't find a way, no one will. Frodo is not going to need help, not their help. Right. Not that not that kind of help. Right. Um, not um, not by planning. Yeah. Um, they're going to let Estelle guide their way. Aspen. Yeah, I, I really um, uh, I really do think um, that that's kind of their strategy is to bring Frodo down to Mordor and then see what happens. And of course, something is going to happen. Um, in the end, the breaking of the fellowship is going to be what happens, right? Um, and Frodo and Sam setting off alone and the rest of, uh, you know, all of the rest of the, uh, the company, um, you know, being sent off in other directions um, to the great difficulty, right, of Aragorn, right, trying to figure out what is best to do. He's the only one with a choice to make. Um, well, I mean, Frodo makes a choice too, but um, but his choice, as Sam points out, is plain as a pike staff, right? Um, but, um, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Does Gandalf maybe foresee that the fellowship might break Dr. Benway? I don't think so. Um, it's possible that he has some presentiment that something's going to happen, right? That like, or maybe Elrond did. Um, remember Elrond couldn't see much of their road. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, he, um, uh, I wonder if they have some presentiment that, um, really past the great river, there's no point making plans because at that point, something's going to intervene, right? Something's going to happen. Um, Galadriel is going to give them um, a uh, warning uh, and going to tell Gandalf like, yeah, um, that company uh, is uh, on the edge of a knife, right? Um, but um, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, Dr. Benway, all bets are off uh, after they get down to the Great River. Then it's just up to Esto, you know. Their whole thing is a sort of a gamble on Providence, right? It's all an act of Estelle, I think, from one end to the next. Um, so, yeah, that's, that was kind of always plan A, actually, right? Um, relying on Estelle. Um, and Matthew, yes, Boromir and Aragorn were going to go to Minas Tirith. That was the plan, right? Um, and um, kind of happens... <laughs> Kind of. They, well, Boromir doesn't get to Minas Tirith, but he goes near it. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway. Um, sorry, shaking my head because I'm jumping all over the place so much here today. Now I gotta, what did I miss? Okay, let's see. It's for the Dimril Dale that we are making. Right. That's a that's his conversational gambit, right? That's his opening. That's his segue. Um, because Gimway has just been talking about Dimril Dale. And so Gandalf pipes in with it's for the Dimril Dale that we're making, right? Yeah. Speaking of that valley, um, that's just where we're headed. If we climb the pass that is called the Redhorn Gate under the far side of Karathras, we shall come down by the Dimril Stair into the deep vale of the dwarves. Um well, that all sounds very cheerful. Um, there lies the mirror mirror, and there the river Silverload rises in its icy springs. Then we get the, right, we get the tourism board promoting the Dimril Dale. Um, then Gimli speaks his other piece. My heart trembles at the thought that I may see them soon. So vulnerable, isn't he? Like, just not afraid to put it out there is Gimli. Um, and Gandalf's response, may you have joy of the sight, my good dwarf. Right? This is the line that Gimli's going to remember uh, keenly later on. Um, may you have joy of the sight, my good dwarf. Um, Gimli is a romantic guy. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, he is. He is. And, you know, in this context... My Good Dwarf is a very, on the one hand, a very sort of generic thing for Gandalf to say, right? Like, uh, you know, like, oh, yes, my good man, right? Uh, it's uh, it's kind of like that on the one hand. But on the other hand, um, it's, um, 
I mean, Gimli is a very good dwarf, right? Uh, and he's sort of showing both his dwarfiness and his goodness here, right? Um, a bad dwarf, <laughs> right? Or a less good dwarf than Gimli um, might be, uh, you know, saying something territorial or, um, uh, again, but sort of being actively secretive, right? Um, Gimli is being the opposite. Right. He is he is putting his heart right out there, uh, sharing his feelings, uh, revealing the deep, um, clearly like quasi religious um, reverence that he has for this place. Um, uh, and I think that that's um, that's a big. Yeah. Gimli is no meme. That's exactly right. Um, that's a, of course, a very relevant contrast, right? Um, who doesn't, who has to be forced to uh, say anything about his uh, home and his connection, Meme's connection um, to his, uh, to the caves that he lived in is very minor compared to Gimli's ancestral connection uh, with Khazad Doom here. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, may you have joy of the sight. Um, also acknowledges, um, Gandalf acknowledges Gimli's reverence, right? That um, um, may you have joy um, is clearly a recognition of Gimli's like a respectful recognition of the strength of Gimli's feelings and the nature of Gimli's feelings. Right. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Arden Crayon. Yeah, I agree. Um, it is a little telling that Gandalf doesn't say something like, may we have joy at the site. He recognizes that this is going to be special for Gimli in a way that no one else is going to really understand. Right. Um, he is, respecting what Gimli is sharing here, right? Um, I recognize, I acknowledge that this is going to be really special for you, right? And um, may you have joy of the sight. But whatever you may do, we at least cannot stay in that valley. Um, and if you want to stay for a while, right? Um, if the... Think through again in a different way <clears throat> what that means for him to say, right? <clears throat> if this is the end of your road, that's okay. We'll have to continue, right? We at least cannot stay in that valley. Um, but there's a recognition on Gandalf's part. For Gimli, this could be the culmination of his entire journey, right? Gimli could well decide when he gets to the mirror mirror that this is it, right? This is why I have come so far. This is what I came to see, right? Um, and I'm going to be here and then what, like go home, right? Remember, that's why Legolas and Gimli were chosen is that they're headed vaguely east anyway, right? Um, and they're willing to take a long dog leg south to travel with them, 
with the rest of the people for a while. We can already see from his speaking of oaths um, that uh, Gimli is already thinking beyond merely taking a, a side trip, right? Merely, t- you know, adding a dog leg to their uh, to his trip back to the Lonely Mountain um, by traveling south with them. But Gandalf also acknowledges if he wants to stay here and then from here make his way back to Erebor. That's legit. That would be fine. That would be understandable. And that would be in keeping with the circumstances under which he was he was chosen. Right. Um, But um, yeah, Greyhame, exactly. Dimrildale was where the war casualties were burned. Absolutely. There's all kinds of reasons. Um, It's in this sense, of course, that it is the deep veil of the dwarves. Right. Um, Both ancient and modern history of the dwarves has made this into a very important spot. Right. Whether it's the recent history of the burning of the uh, casualties of the Battle of Azanul Bazaar, or whether it's the very, very ancient um, monument to Durin first looking into the mirror mirror and, you know, deciding to establish Khazad Dum there. Um, it is, it would be like Gimli's equivalent of visiting the Arlington Cemetery, Bjorning, yeah, or Gettysburg, or both, right? Um, plus, like, I don't even know what, what, what parallel would there be? There's certainly no parallel in American culture to uh, uh, Durin Stone and the Mirror Mirror. Um, uh, yeah, I, I can't even. Um, Lincoln, I mean Mecca in a sense, right? In the in the in the in the religious pilgrimage sense, um, but even that, yeah. I mean Matthew, possibly the, the the Holy Land is all that I can. The only thing that I can think of, um, uh, as far as like the ancientry, um, <laughs> Plymouth Rock from an American standpoint, maybe, maybe. Though I got to tell you, Rowan, as a New England resident, um, prepare to be underwhelmed. By Plymouth Rock, if ever you do go there. There's a lot of really fun stuff. Plymouth Plantation is a really cool place to visit. But The Rock, not really exciting. Just saying. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it is tiny, praise. Exactly. It's so small. Uh, I expected a huge boulder. Um, yeah, exactly. About the size of a large pig is exactly right. I remember even as a kid when I went, I think in middle school, I went down to Plymouth Rock on a school trip and I was like, are you kidding me right now? Um, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, anyhow, um, uh, yeah, I was wanting something like a big black half buried, buried sphere. That would have been more interesting. Uh, exactly, exactly. Um, but um uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, I don't think I expected it to look quite like the Rock and the Lion King praise, but more like that than like what it is. Um, seriously, when I first saw Plymouth Rock, I was like, how did they even single that out? Like, why did they even single that out? I mean, I've got more impressive rocks like jutting out of the earth in my backyard, literally. Um, <laughs> but whatever. Um, uh, anyway, um, 
I don't think Plymouth Rock doesn't have anything like the kind of reverence. Um, it doesn't inspire anything like the kind of reverence. So I don't think there's anything parallel. Um, but um, anyway, the point is Gandalf definitely acknowledges this could be the end of the road for Gimli and nobody would blame him. I don't think that he is incriminating Gimli there at all. Right. Um, whatever you may do, we at least cannot stay in that valley. I don't, I don't see any like hint of reproach there um, to Gimli. Um, he's just wished him joy of the sight. Right. Um, it's like he's acknowledging Gimli's going to have to make a choice. There will be a choice he will have to, he's going to be confronted by a choice. Um, if he wants to stay and see the sights um, of various kinds and spend some, who knows, like what kind of like personal retreat time he might want to spend, either looking into Mirror Mirror or, um, uh, you know, contemplating the death of his uh, recent ancestors. Uh, there's all kinds of things that he could constructively do right uh there um but he's gonna have to choose he's gonna have to choose between the significance of that moment for him uh and his own personal history you know his own personal life journey and his continuation with the quest and i think that gandalf following elrond's lead is deliberately not trying to bias him in that whatever you may do no judging right um if you choose to stay, then that's what you choose. It's all good, right? Remember Elrond, this is why Elrond said no oaths, because we can't foresee what's going to happen. Um, so, but, or he could stay, and of course we will see uh, he is going to choose to stay with the party with the slight compromise, right, uh, in the end. Um, yeah, not to mention, absolutely, Nancy, you're right, Um as it's as it happens, the choice in a sense is going to be even harder. Um, Nancy says, practically speaking, there's a good chance Gimli would feel compelled to report to King Dan what he sees in Moria concerning Balin and company. Yeah, how things are going to actually pan out, um, he's going to have more reason than Gandalf anticipates here to go uh, to leave the party at that point. Um, not just for you know personal pilgrimage reasons. Right. Um, but there's even a kind of duty on him uh, to report what he's seen. Now, they're not anticipating that yet. Right. Gandalf is not planning this as an expedition to discover the whereabouts of Balin and company. Um, but uh, but Nancy, you're right. When it comes to it, he's going to have even more reason than Gandalf is here anticipating to stay, or at least to, to leave the party. But he's not gonna, right? Um, but after that segue, right, after the, but whatever you may do, we at least cannot stay in that valley, which also doubles, by the way, as his only indirect allusion to the fact that that place is really dangerous, right? Um, but um, we must go down the Silver Load into the Secret Woods, and so to the Great River, and then... And his paws. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Jackie says, I keep forgetting we haven't even tried Karathras yet. No, no, we're not yet at that discussion, right? Um, we're discussing the plan, but this is still when we're in the absolute plan A. Um, yes, yes. Um, 
Yep, yep. Um, yeah, it is going to snow for weeks, <laughs> especially if I have to keep canceling class for travel. Um, but, um, yeah. Here's the last thing that puzzles me here. Um, what puzzles me is not that Gandalf doesn't finish that sentence. It's how Gandalf structures that sentence. Like, I don't think he knows. As I've said, I don't think he knows the answer to that question. Um, I think that he and Elrond have deliberately not made plans about what happens after the Great River. Um, so why does he even say, and then? Um, it sounds like he has an idea. I mean, you, I have argued that I don't think Gandalf knows, that he, I don't think he has a plan. But you wouldn't know it from this sentence, right? Um, we must go down this overload into the secret woods, and so to the Great River, and then... Now, Praise says, can we tell from drafts if Tolkien even knows yet? No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, he knows where they're going to end up. Does he know how they're going to get in yet? No, I don't think so. Um, I'm trying to remember plot outlines in Return of the Shadow. Though actually we might be in Treason of Isengard territory already. Um... I don't think so. I don't think he does anticipate it. Well, he's certainly not the path into Mordor, for sure. Um, so, Gandalf stops himself and pauses. If he hadn't paused, how was he going to finish that sentence? We must go down this overload into the secret woods. That's as opposed to remain to staying in that valley, right? So that's following immediately off of what he just said to Gimli. We must go down the Silver Lode into the secret woods, and so to the great river, and then, um, and so to the great river. Okay, that's the next step. But um, you're never stopping a sentence there, right? And so to the great river. Um, that syntax demands a rest of the sentence, right? Um, yeah, well, Korkirk says that he pauses because he realizes he was describing a path that can be taken as prescriptive. Yeah, well, I think he's okay being prescriptive um, thus far, right? Yeah, I see. There are, there are lots of... Um, um, there are lots of really funny ways you can end this sentence, right? But what he actually had in mind, um, it's possible someone who's just suggesting that he's trying to avoid saying the name of Mordor here, um, Yeah, possibly. Um, right. So if we if we we're gonna peek ahead, we're just gonna, just gonna peek because we already peeked once. Um, yes, and where then? 
asked Mary. To the end of the journey, in the end, said Gandalf. Um, that's vague. Um, highly vague. Um, and certainly does sound like a circumlocution. They all know where the end of the journey is. Um, they all know that Frodo is going to cast the ring into the fire. They know that Mordor is the ultimate destination of this journey. So merely saying to the end of the journey um, is... It doesn't feel to me quite right to say that he's just trying to say Mordor without saying Mordor, right? Um, after his pause, in which he seems to have interrupted himself, right? Um, after reflection, he merely says, to the end of the journey, in the end, right? Um, and even the repetition of the end there would seem to me to suggest um, clearly he's keeping that he's not he's making it clear that I'm not going to be prescriptive from here um, right I'm not going to give any clear indication of where how I think we're going to get exactly to the end of the journey from there but in the end we're going to get to the end of the journey um uh yeah, in the end, can be taken in more than one way. I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, Ketriana, you're right that um, he is allowing that the end of the journey might look different for each of them. Yes, that's actually really interesting. Thinking about that as following up what he just said to Gimli, right? Um, because... We must go down the Silverlode into the Secret Woods, so to the Great River, and then what to Mordor? All of them, really? That's the plan. I'm not even positive that they're sure that that's the plan. In fact, we know it's explicitly not the plan. We know Aragorn and Boromir are headed to Minas Tirith, right? So, surely, whether the company were to break in, um, you know, in amity or discord, right? Um, it turns out not super well, but um, one way or the other, the company was going to break up, right? We're going to split up at that point. Gandalf knows that, right? They all know that. That again, at the very, very least, Boromir and Aragorn have business in Minas Tirith, right? So even if nobody else leaves, they're gonna and Gandalf has a presentiment, perhaps, of other roads that others of them may end up walking that they don't know, right? And again, Elrond's point was always, we don't know what's going to happen. And just as he was just saying, hey, maybe Gimli, maybe you'll find when we get to the Dimril Dale that that's where you're supposed to be, that you're supposed to stay there um, and that we're going to leave you behind might happen, right? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so it's this it's it's the beginning. I do think that it's the splitting up of the fellowship that 
reroutes him there, right? Um, I don't think he's about. He was about to let slip his secret plan for how to get to Mount Doom, right? If before he stopped himself, I don't think that that's where um, that sentence was heading exactly. I think that he was. Um, I think that he was focused on the end of the journey. I think he was focused on Mount Doom, and was gonna say something along the lines. If I had to guess. Where, if he hadn't paused, if he had just finished that sentence as he was first beginning that sentence, um, I would guess that he was going to say, and so to the great river, and then south to Mordor. Would be my, I mean, it's a really lame guess, I know, but that would be my guess. Like that, 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 but but then, but the reason he pauses is not because he's uncertain that's what's going to happen. He pauses because exactly what he doesn't want to be prescriptive about is what each of them are supposed to choose. Again, he's just confronted the idea that Gimli might stay in Dimrill Dale. Maybe that will happen. Maybe others will stay in Lothlorien. Maybe, um, remember, that's on the table. Goadriel says they've all chosen to go, but it's on the table that one or more of them might stay in Lothlorien. Um, you know, Aragorn and Boromir are headed to Minas Tirith. Who knows? What, what are Gimli and Legolas going to do? They weren't even supposed to come the whole way, right? Um, you know, what is it just going to be Gandalf leading a hobbit field trip into Mordor? Who knows, right? So, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, Lincoln, I do think that Gandalf is interrupting himself because he's kicking in the Elrond plan, following Elrond's lead, as you say, in not being prescriptive about the choices that people are supposed to make. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, it may well be true that he doesn't want to say Mordor out loud, um, uh, but this doesn't sound to me like it's merely that. I think that may, may be involved. Um, thank you, Zephan. Zephan says there's nothing in the history of Middle-earth about the detailed plan. Um uh, ah, really? Uh, Tolkien removed a line from Gimli's poem citation, making it more poem-like in the published text than a mere description. Okay, so in the first draft, it was more of a description. And then when he revised this passage, he shaped Gimli's um, lines there a little bit more carefully to make it sound more poetic. Thank you, Stefan. That's, that, that's awesome. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, that's my guess. My guess is that he pauses not because he's doesn't want to let slip the secret plan. I don't think there is a secret plan. I think it's because he realizes he was just about to blithely, um, speak as if they were all definitely headed to Mordor when he knows they're not, and they're not supposed to. He's not supposed to be putting pressure on people. He just, himself... Um, followed the Elrond plan of leaving people open there. Um, and yeah, Rachel, you're right. At the Great River, the choice is between Gondor and Mordor, and it is known. It is indeed planned that they're going to split at that point, and some are going to go to Gondor and some to Mordor, presumably, right? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Awesome. Yeah. Okay, great. Zephan says the original in the first draft, what Gimli said was dark is the water of Khaled Zaram and mirrors only the far sky and three white peaks and cold is the water of Buzundush, which was the original word for Kibil for for that. Um, my heart. Um, yeah, my heart trembles at the thought. Yep. Um, right. So he takes what was just a description, right, where he was describing Khaled Zaram, right, and how it works. Um so then he reshaped it into the poetic uh, utterance that we get there. Thank you, Zephan. I appreciate you looking that up. That's really helpful. Um, yeah, which door do we choose? Uh, what's behind door number one? Right, yes. Um, wh- which door are you going to choose? Are you going to choose the stony door or the black door? Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. Zephan, you're right. It is really awesome that removing words can have that effect. Yeah, yeah. And again, I think, Zephan, I think what he was doing more than anything else, I think it was his ear there. Um, He, it's a shift in tone, right? Um, In the first draft, Gimli's just giving them information. Right? Like, have you heard of Mirror Mirror? Do you know how it works? It's awesome. Anyway, look in the Mirror Mirror. You can only see the reflection. Right? Like, you know, he's kind of um, just, again, it's like the, you know, um, the tourist board thing, again, is kind of what Gimli's doing. Right? Which is fun. Like, Gimli's excited. Right? And he's explaining. And that's great. But to shift that, like this, the, the, the air of reverence. Um, that, you know, almost religious awe that Gimli seems to have when thinking about Khaled Zaram in this passage that we were observing before. That's the tone that he shifts it to, right, by saying, no, 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 no. He's not just going to describe, right? He's not just going to dwarf-splain um, Khaled Zaram. He's going he's gonna to utter this hymn to Khaled Zaram, right? And we're going we're gonna to change that. Um, yeah, yeah. Um... um Right, exactly, Corey. Now, instead, the anticipation for the mirror mirror builds for chapters and chapters. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yes. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, okay. Awesome. <clears throat> Having peeked ahead uh, because... Oh, sorry. Last thing. Last thing. Why Mary, do you think? Why Mary? Why is Mary the one who jumps in? Um, my answer to that is that, um, uh, yeah, Mary was looking at maps, Corey, so Mary is curious, right? Um, right, because Pippin already had a moment, Jackie says, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Mary is more of a planner. He was their guide when they left the Shire, right? Didn't exactly cover himself with glory as a guide in the Old Forest trek, but still, um, he is the one who is sort of associated with that, right? Um, so it's um, it's very sort of Mary-like to have curiosity. That it should be a hobbit? Um, think about the difference in the force of this question, that it's Mary and not Boromir, for instance, right? If Boromir had been saying yes, and where then? It would have sounded much more ominous, much more of a challenge to Gandalf, right? When it's Mary, it's... Um, uh, curiosity, right? Understandable and relevant to his character. Curiosity, right? Um, It's also very sort of fitting to the frame. Um, It's always the hobbits 
that kind of speak for us in some ways, right? Um, we as readers want to ask Gandalf that, right? Um, and not necessarily in the tone that Boromir would ask it or even Legolas might ask it or something. Um, but um, I think that, you know, we can all, uh, you know, relate to the guy. It puts it into this frame of, um, I don't know what, wholesome curiosity, I want to say, right? Y yes. And where then, right? Um, don't stop now. I want to know what's coming. Um, and uh, and so Mary, it's Mary who says it for us. Um, we, the hobbits, our, 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 you know, our representatives, they're our frame for this and for the entire story, right? Um, and um, yeah, it would really, it would really change it. Um, they are the audience surrogate, absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. A, a further definition of Mary versus Pippin, yes. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, we can see the difference in their characters. Um, we're going to get a lot of chance to get to know Frodo and Sam, and we already have had some chances to get to know Frodo and Sam. Mary and Pippin um, still need a, need a little bit of distinguishing, right? By the way, little side note. Um, little side note, and then I'll stop. I promise. Um Notice how differently Tolkien is handling the company compared to how he handled Thorin and company in The Hobbit, right? In both cases, we have large groups. Now, it's true it was larger, right? We had 14 instead of nine, so it was a, it was a larger group of characters in The Hobbit. Um, but notice how in The Hobbit there is very little attempt. Yeah, Valor, you're thinking exactly the same direction I am here. Um, there's very little attempt to distinguish among the dwarves. Um, you get, you know, Thorin obviously is important, and you get Balin, who really stands out, um, you know, who gets, uh, who gets a lot of lines, right, and a significant role. Um, you get a couple others who kind of come in. You get Bomber, of course, who's the comic relief. You get Dory, uh, who plays, who comes in with, you know, is connected with Bilbo and several important points, carrying him through the uh, uh, through the mountains and, and helping him up into the tree. And then it's his legs that Bilbo is uh, uh, clinging to, right, with the eagles. Um, so, you know, there's several people like that. But in general, um, uh, there are some, like Nori, Ori, um, Ori, Nori, Owen, um, Biffer, Boffer, we know almost nothing about, right? Um, even Dwalin, um, uh, we learn very little about. Um, so he, rather than trying to distinguish them all, rather than trying to help us to keep them all straight somehow, um, and trying to develop their characters separately and individually, um, he doesn't even try. Right, he leaves them as a relatively amorphous group and kind of lumps them all together, and he isolates. And this is something actually that's interesting. You can see him doing this in the revisions. If you read uh, the history of the Hobbit, um, edited by John Ratliff, you can see as the Hobbit drafts go on, um, he takes lines that were he kind of his first impulse was to kind of distribute lines to give people more roles, right? But he actually consolidates them 
as he revises so that fewer and fewer dwarves have speaking roles because he um, seemed to, to realize, or again, at least to decide, it's going to be easier if there's really only a few you actually have to keep track of and the rest of them are kind of filler. And it's fine. It works um, in The Hobbit. He's going in a very different direction here. So even thinking about the, the way that we're seeing and learning more about, like it, it's, it's important that it's a hobbit asking this question. Certainly important to helping understand, helping establish the tone of this question, um, as I suggested. But it's fitting that it's Mary uh, because it does fit his character and continue his character development and to show that it's different from Pippin's, whom we don't really um, uh, um, uh, yeah, they, it, the, um, they, they don't really um, we've, we've not gotten so much of a chance to distinguish Merry and Pippin yet. There's more work that needs to be done yet um, in making sure that we see that. And of course, by the end, Merry and Pippin are going to have um, uh, you know, grown quite a bit uh, separately from each other. But um, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, okay. Um, and yes, I agree. Um, praise the... Um, I figured that in the Hobbit films they were going to attempt to distinguish them and make them all unique and, and um, you know, so that we could all learn them separately. But yeah, it was, it's hard and it was not perfectly successful, right? Um, in the, in the Hobbit films, but, um, but yeah, yeah. Um, yep. Okay. Um, and yes, you're right. Um, trifle that of course in the hobbit they don't split up right so we're gonna get a chance to get to know each one of the characters much more closely um because frodo and sam are never going to be apart and legolas and gimli are never going to be apart or never apart from aragorn actually right like aragorn and legolas and gimli are going to be a team um, all the way through to the end. Um, Aragorn is a little bit different because we've already traveled with him separately, right? Mer uh, um, but, like, you know, so Frodo and Sam, Legos and Gimli are going to be like units, right? But everybody else is going to uh, be separated out. Um, and so that certainly is going to change the dynamics of things here. Um, but again, I do think that already here we can see him beginning to make this... Um, uh, make this movement. Oh, yeah, no, you're right, Music I'll Battle of Helm's Deep. We, we'll get a brief separation, right? It's very brief, but uh, there will be a brief separation of Legos and Gimli in the Battle of Helm's Deep, it's true. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, but with that, I'm gonna, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna restrain myself and not uh, move on ahead here. Um, uh, we'll finish this passage next time and get to Legolas's really cool thing about the elves. So um, we will um, we will continue with this next time. Now, next time is going to be next week. I should be here next week, as far as I know, as long as everything 
goes smoothly with being at Comic-Con and getting home on time, um, I should be all right uh, to do class next week, so we'll plan on that. Um, and um, actually, I think I should be able to do three full classes. My plan is to do three classes in a row, but we'll see. Much can happen. So like Gandalf, let me pause and say, uh, let me pause before I uh, say anything prescriptive about the road ahead. Um, other than for now, I will plan to do next week. Um, awesome. Thank you. Rowan, so glad you could make it with us. We had, I think, four or five people who caught up with us and were attending live for the first time, uh, which is um, uh, which is awesome. That's really, that's really cool. Um, so uh, glad you guys could make it. Hope you can join us again next week. Um, we're going to shift over to field trip time for um, folks who are staying with us for the field trip. Uh, good evening, Valori. How are you? Good evening. Look at all the fresh meat. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, just a note, though, if you're uh, under level for Yondershire, we cannot guarantee that your meat's going to stay very fresh. That's right. We, as always, we do not guarantee the safety of people who travel with us. Uh, but, um, but then again, the Yondershire has not seemed extraordinarily perilous uh, in the explorations that we've done. So, moderately perilous. Mm-hmm. Semi-dangerous. Yeah, yeah. JJ warns those boffins can be brutal on the underlevel. That's true. Um, Boy, how. Well, that would it's be... more cutting remarks than anything. <laughs> that would be one really weird thing. I mean, as it is, it's already pretty weird when, like, the deer, like, the does chase after you, you know, uh, yeah. to uh, to pursue you when you're under level. Um, if uh, if the NPCs did, that would be uh, that would be <sighs> really bizarre. Um, so I think. Lothlorien. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Was... Well, right. That's a special. Uh, a special that was a uh, shock. Kid. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the first time the the Galathrim uh, mowed you down, I I never yeah. got I, I I never had that. The uh, the Galathrim were over their uh, malevolent phase by the time I got to Lothlorien, uh, yep. in the game. So, but I'm also a Lothlorien elf. I'm sitting yeah. there going, it's like, hi, Chuck, it's me. <laughs> betrayed. I've been betrayed. Come on, our moms play bridge together. I took your sister from. Right. Is that what right. Got me? Um, okay, so yeah, let's head off to No Bottle, um, where we'll start off, and then we'll we'll stare we'll uh, we'll we'll stable master it from there. I think mm -hmm. is going to be best. Gamage, I believe. Yeah, we're gonna we we ended in Gamage last time, um, mm -hmm. and um, then we were gonna so looking at the map. We were gonna head over to Long Cleave. Um, and I don't think I, I know we didn't get to Long Cleave, so just going over to Stable Master here. Oh, hello there. Oh, JJ4 had asked, why is it called No Bottle? Yeah, I, it does kind of seem like there should be a story. Yeah, there, like right? yes, we have no bottles, or yes, like we have the, no bottles. I mean, and, not and I got to tell you, from... Highlander, I don't think it's a dry town. Like based on the pub there, I, I I'm deeply skeptical about that maybe they only have butts and no glass bottles <laughs> yeah maybe um yeah so, yeah off, all right off to gamage okay yeah off to gamage or, let's I'm so let's head up to gamage and we'll go um we'll cut across over land because that usually goes well for me around here mm. oh someone suggested knob ottle right knob ottle uh knob maybe Maybe. Okay. I, now, so, by the way, um, 
this, of course, was a game Tolkien loved, right? Uh, it was one of his fun, um, like, applications of philology in daily life in modern England was looking at maps and town names and, like, road names and things like that and mm-hmm. trying to figure out, like, what you can learn of their history, right, by by guessing, like, where those names came from and what those names mean um, and, uh, and, you know, how you can kind of reconstruct things from that. So um, I think that Tolkien would have loved No Bottle, um, which does sound like one of those things, like it sounds really clear and simple, but I think it likely that um, it would have a different, um, uh, a different. Um, oh, so like a like a yeah, false like continent kind of yeah, thing. Like, yeah, like that. It like in, exactly. in old Hobbitla, the bottle means something else or something. Right. Or, or exactly. Boat, exactly. Boat or something. Yeah. Yes, okay. That, I dig it. Yeah, that, I think that 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 seems seems likely. There is a hard bottle, exactly. Yeah, so the bottle um, ending probably doesn't actually have anything to do with, you know, glass vessels containing liquid, right? Um, hmm. uh, I, I don't know what. I don't know what, but I think, but but I do I do like the name for this reason, um, because I do think that it um, uh, is. Okay, so- Promising. Those of you who are good on Sindarin start thinking about words it could be for Sindarin. Those who are good at Old English start thinking about Old English. I'd love to hear some theories. Yeah, it would be fun. It would be fun. Um, okay, so we're going to head over to Longcleave from here. So I think we can just, uh, want, shall we cut cross country? See some of the land? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fall off some bridges. Fall off some bridges. We'll see what happens yeah. here. So, um we did get to look around Gamich at the end of last time, so yep. we don't need to explore here, but let's head... All the willows. Yes. Very wet lands here. Okay. So we're going to vaguely head east here. Whoa. Really mountainous terrain, which is... That's... Um, Pretty stony looking stuff. I think we're in a wolf den. Ooh, so yes. This does not look safe at all. Is that a corpse? For our level sixes. Yes, it yeah, is a corpse. couple corpses. That's a bandit yeah, corpse, though. Bandit corpses. That's at okay. least nice. Uh, so these are just wolves, not wargs down there. So we've got, man, this is a. Well, wolves are bad enough. Yeah. A little secret wolf. Not to be tolerated in the shy. It's not so great. Um, yeah. Should we head north or south? Let's head north, right? Yeah, I think we I have say to go that around not this rock because I think it likely to uh, be better. But yeah, um, I think we have to go up and around this rock here. Let's see. Uh oh. Uh oh. I'm finding Ooh. a dead end. Waterfall. Yeah, oh, waterfall. that's the one you fell off of. That's the well. I when I jumped down. Yeah, because see I up there, that we're looking at the ruins, uh, the edges of the ruins of uh, of uh, Lagaroth up there. Yeah. Yeah, so I think this is a dead end this way. Mm. We can climb up this steep hill, though. We can, well, we can climb up this way? Oh, yeah, it's, it looks a bit like a overhill, some of the, the woodlands over there. Can we get all the way through? Mm. I don't know. 
Looks a bit boxed in here, but hang on, maybe around the corner here. Maybe uh, if we follow it up, yeah. Past this bear. Okay. Oh, 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 there we go. Yep. Oh, there. Are. All right. That was promising. All right. Yep. Promising. Okay. All right. So now we're up on the moors up here. So that looks oh, yeah. good. Dense grassland up here. This is looking a bit like lonelands. Yeah, I notice how different the terrain is here than the Shire. Yeah. Right? And we're clearly in it. There's just really oh, nothing like we were this. In mer it was kind of marshy and wet down in down in Gamage, and this is definitely dry and arid more. Yeah. But like, yeah, this is, we got the heather bushes here again and the, the tall knife grass and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. It does look like... It does look like the lone lands, the, the terrain and the mm -hmm. vegetation looks like yep. the lone lands. Um, yep. wow, so let's see. So is Long Cleave up on the heights uh, up here? Which would be strange because oh. hobbits can't live long on the heights, we're told. So they'd have a low life expectancy. Just a joke there. He didn't mean literal heights when he said that. But there's the town. I see it. It's down in the valley. So, okay. So oh, we've got, oh, I can see why there. it's called Long Cleave. Look at that. It's a big right. cut. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, okay. Hang on. I'm at risk of being cleft. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want I don't want to be cleft here. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's see if we can find a. Oh, okay. Here we go. This is this is a smoother way down here. Okay, and there's look at the big old ruin up there. Well, I think we can land on that house without much injury. Look at that star. That's ridiculously huge. Wow. And upside down. And upside down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Um Wow, that is like a Numenorean billboard up there. Though upside down. Man. Um, and then we've got the, you know, the pointy, anuminous-esque tower over on the right-hand side. Where, where, where are we looking at? <laughs> Sorry, I just was looking down the cliff and was about to go around when I suddenly turned left that is facing north. And there, the huge ruin on the cliffside there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which I don't know if that's like bar far off that I'm looking at. I think that probably is. Yeah, I'm I think it was. Um, but I had never seen it from this angle before. Um, mm. Really cool. And very imposing. I mean, like, what a sort of context for this uh, uh, for this Little Hobbit village down here. Um, now, I'm going to guess in advance that from the village itself, we can't really see the ruin much. Am I right about that? From yeah, because I can't find you currently. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm now down on the main street of uh, Long Cleave. I'm, I'm on the main road okay. now. Excellent. Um, Excellent. And yeah, from down here. Because of the trees. Oh, yeah. The, the pines shield everything. Yeah. Yeah, I can't see anything at all. I can't see it at all. So they're not actually... Um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's really fascinating. They're not literally like living in the shadow of this. Like they don't see these Arnorian ruins kind of frowning down at them um, all the time. In fact, they could easily live down here in the valley 
and never think about them, right? Never look up at them at all. Um, yeah, I, I bet you if you do go a little further north, you probably can see them. Yeah, you can see them peeking out. There they are. Yeah, there they are. If you go head up the hill here, you can see them off in the distance. Um, so mm. you get reminded of the ruins pretty strongly right about here. Yeah. Um, which is right before you turn around the corner up to the big top of the hill, which I remember getting to in one of our quests, um, the dancing quest, if I'm remembering correctly. But anyway, I'm getting a little bit distracted. But what I'm liking about this is the way that they're sort of conceptually situating the um, the Arnorian ruin and a very well-preserved um, Arnorian ruin. Um and the town, right? So you've got this, uh, you know, this big, huge Arnorian fortress in the grand Anuminous style, not like the um, Estildeen kind of like fortification, low key style of later mm -hmm. Arnorian Civil War construction, but it's a full pre, um, uh, it's a full pre Civil War like glamour city up there right yeah it makes um, you wonder what they what like if there's any myths about this or if they have any opinion on it at all down here yeah but of course like growing up in the shadow of arnor is just what the shire was right i mean arnor <laughs> was still there when the shire was settled um, uh, yeah it's kind of a microcosm isn't it yeah exactly so i really like it in that way like they've not totally forgotten about the king Right. They've not totally forgotten about Arnor. Um, and yet they don't think about it very much at all anymore. Uh, right? yeah, it's probably just a place people tell their kids not to play around because it's too dangerous. And the teenagers go up there to, you right. know, pull stunts and possibly neck without parent interference. Right. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, there could be some things going on up there in the ruins. Um, just wanting to look at the houses here. OK, see, these are stone. Once almost every town has a unique architectural style, uh, not architectural style. They're all in the same style, but uh, but um, different construction. Construction. Oh, there's an injured tortoise here. Oh, oh man! Yeah, this is all the animals. Oh, right. Here. We didn't do oh. all the animal quests when we were when we came here, but there was clearly more to be done. Um. But yeah, so we you know we had the red brick down in No Bottle. We had the plaster. Um, where was the plaster? I think the plaster was in uh, Tyfield. Um, mm -hmm. We had um, the all the wood in Gamage, and now we're seeing this mossy stone. Yeah, this looks like it's been here much. Like, oh, this is the place where I, we discovered the roof isn't sod; it's moss on tile. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah, that was true in Gamage, and it's clearly true here, too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, these places have been... I, I don't feel like these are quite as nouveau as some of the other parts of Yondershire. Right. Right. Exactly. But um, I'm willing to These guys to have bet... been here for a while. Oh, this has got ivy all over it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, You're willing, willing to bet? That... Um, the uh, there's a bunch of whole bunch of people in the pub, but we'll end up at the pub. Let's uh, let's go up oh. the hill here to the big house. 
Roaring Bull Inn. Did we have any theories as to why it was called the Roaring Bull Inn? No, we didn't. I don't even think I noticed that when we were coming through here doing quests. Oh, Bull Roar. Bull Roar Oh, the Roaring Bull, Bull Roar. Roaring Bull, Bull Roar. Wordplay. Love it. Of course. Because this is... um, These are... These are Tooks? Is this a Took place? Maybe. Who's, whose house is this? Are we that close to the Greenfields? Well, we? um, In relation to yes. The so, okay, so down um, the old links, right? Ah, that's, yes. That's where, um, and this is Bullroarer's Way, the stable master down there by the old links is, is Bullroarer's Way. Um, so, and it's interesting though, because down in the Shire, we had, yeah. So north of Brock and Borings is where we were. Le- that's where they have the you know the Bull Roarer monument and everything up mm-hmm. there. Um, but yeah, um, it's hard to kind of piece the maps together. I think. Hmm. Well, even if he was from Tuckborough and, and chiefly lived there, he was still just, you know, a national hero. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you, you were down in Virginia. You saw how many things were named after Stonewall Jackson or Jefferson. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly, or Lee. Um, yeah, man. Holy cow. Man, JJ, you're right. This house is that's incredible. A, that's a smell. Boy, it just is keeps going. Is this roof stone or wood? Um, it looks like I think slate. Yeah, it looks like it looks like the kind of slate you see in Wales, the Welsh slate thing. But it's covered in lichen. It's not new stuff. It's not it's not blue like new slate. Man, this is like a jumping puzzle. What? It's also like a twelve-story house. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, wow! It's an apartment block. With multiple Good chimneys. Grief. Yeah. It is a regular Warren, Josh. You're absolutely right. Um, this is bigger than Brandy Hall. The Rosalinda North Took Reeve of Yondershire. So this this is the this might she's the Reeve here. So this might be the the North Took family lives. Oh, here she is. The Rosalind Rosalind North Took. Reeve mm-hmm. of the Undershire. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she's not a thane; she's a reeve. The reeve of Longleaf. Right. But Makes she's sense. got songs for that rhyme. Yeah. Why reeve? I mean, that was a, that wasn't in the lore as a title. It was only here in the game, if I recall correctly. Well, no, but it's not out of keeping. I mean, so reeve is a traditional title, which was originally like a reeve was like the. Um, the steward essentially of like um, a farm. So like if you, um, if you had, uh, if you were like an absentee landlord, right, you would hire a reeve uh, to live on the land and, and um, run things essentially. Um, kind of like a, like a, like a housekeeper, but for a caretaker. caretaker. Yeah. 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 For, for, for like the estate, right. So that you'd games, be running the farm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, exactly like a property manager. That's just right, uh, praise. So, um, 
Uh, yes, and as Hagro points out, Shire Reeve is where we get the word sheriff from uh, originally. So yeah, so a Reeve, it makes if if a thane who was like a you know a war captain basically like a you know a a, a leader, a, a it's a it's ultimately a military, uh, well not military but combat oriented title, right? Um, so a reeve would have would would be like a you know like a steward or deputy. So it makes sense. It works, um, and is definitely in keeping with like the Shire vocabulary, like the word Shire, for instance. Um, oh yeah. You know, a sort of a traditional English uh, word. Ooh, notice the ground is covered with ground ivy instead of grass. That's really fun. Oh, cool. Just noticing that from the angle which I was looking <laughs> down on things here. With the the stony ground here, no wonder. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see, I mean, there is a lot, even apart from like the cliffs surrounding the place, just as Gamich is in the middle of the woods and everything is made out of wood because that's what they've got um, here. So much stone. Um, well, with uh, the, the pines and, and the pine needles and the darkness from the yeah. pines, you wouldn't get a lot of ground cover either. Right. Right. Exactly. It would be uh, hostile to grass. Um, what are the red flowers? They look like poppies. Bit. They do a bit. Yeah, the bright red ones, not the like magenta ones, but the bright red. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of new. Yeah, the blue look like cornflowers a little bit. Mm-hmm. Cool, and then we've got this nice hobbit gazebo we're into gazebos like that's such a feature of middle earth architecture in lotro um well yeah this so much less fancy than like you know the ancient gazebos that we are want to discover um but uh yeah we've just got a plank floor this one has a ceiling unlike most right right an intact ceiling right but uh, yeah, in a few thousand years, this is just going to look like a well with a set of steps going up to it, right? <laughs> um, now, I want to move here too, Drasnik. This place is picturesque. Yeah, this place is nice. And once again, very populous, right? I mean, again, like the uh, North yeah. Tooks. The, the home of the North Tooks here. I'm gonna I'm headed down to uh, the Roaring Bull. Um, yeah. But um, the the North Tooks do seem to be like the, their home is bigger than the you know the Great Smile um, back in Tuckborough substantially. And there seem yeah. to be more people. So I'm expecting this place to be jammed and I am not disappointed. Yeah. Well, see, that's God. what happens when you have your really old land boundaries. Land becomes a scarcity and you can't build up. Out right. here, I'm assuming everyone could just claim whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted. And so there was much more freedom to expand. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, it's, uh, it is an interesting feature of the Yondershire, the population. Um, I wonder if it'll change tomorrow, though. If the population uh, will change tomorrow? Yeah, there's a patch note for tomorrow's update saying several Yondershire interiors now have more appropriate ambiances for their environment. So I don't know if that means people 
or sounds or what the situation will be like. Mm-hmm. Huh. We'll well, I hope there's I hope there's not a great a sudden and great mortality in the uh, Yondershire tomorrow. Ooh, another plague. Ew. That's exactly. the last thing they need. Yeah. We've had enough of those, thanks. Right. Exactly, oh, no. Dora Stoke. <laughs> Apparently like there's gonna be a, a massive slaughter of uh, of uh, yeah, well, the destroyer the are will be coming through. Yeah, a little come on, so the hobbits like I went I don't know if they can going to do them any good to like paint some blood on the on the lintel of the doors here or something yeah. and hope that they're spared but uh, um, drink up guys yeah oh the mounted goblin head yeah would you look at that yeah. i saw the stuffed bull behind the bar which is fun um there's a pair of yeah. golf clubs on the wall near that uh right. you think it's a oh i see yeah you Where think it's a real clubs? one or you think it's like a like a fake one because remember most uh, do the, you think these hobbits acknowledge the the goblin threat? Or you think they're like the Shire people going, ah, yeah. that's not a real thing. It's too big, the goblin head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm gonna I say it's, it's made fake. out of wood. Yeah, it's made out of wood. Or they shaved like you know a sheep or something. I don't know. I think so. Where I, I think they clubs? clearly stuffed a bull to stick behind the bar because yeah, that wouldn't be a real full bull wear now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh, there are the golf clubs the crossed above the fireplace there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. yeah. They look kind of like field hockey sticks, but I think those are golf clubs. Uh, yeah, no, it looks like... Uh, Wooden clubs. Yep. Uh, more polo than that. Yeah, that's if he true. could, if, Well, and that's the big question. Did he, did, did he lop the head off while mounted with a club? Because that would mean it was actually... I think so. Polo. I mean... He was big enough that he could ride a horse. I think he did ride a horse. So the hops invented mounted golf. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Again, those are probably replicas. Probably. Probably. Um, I wonder if they want to retire out of uh, Yondershire and, and move to the Shire where things have slowed down a bit. Well, I wonder. I mean, everybody seems happy. I mean, here things seem to be a little bit more mellow. We have fewer people singing and dancing here than we've yeah. seen in some of the other towns. We yeah. can fix the dancing part. <laughs> right, I know we can. But it seems, I mean, like there's a guy actually asleep on the couch over there. But, you know, everybody seems cheerful. Like there doesn't seem to be like an air of consternation here. Um, it's pretty mellow. Mm-hmm. The goblin head room is quite, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, only fifty-eight hobbits in here. I, I don't think that should be only fifty-eight, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's still a a good crowd. Yeah, but the the thing is, we don't have any farmers out here. That might be why the population is just so low in the Shire, because we have a lot of land, and it's only being worked by small families. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Well, um, that's uh, it's it's just it's a fascinating choice to me the way that they've done um, the way that they've done the uh, the choice that they've made not only to make the houses bigger and the towns bigger, but again these packed full pubs. Um, 
yeah, I just I think it's really interesting how they've depicted the I did not expect the Yondershire to be bustling. Like that's not an adjective I would have guessed would apply to the Yondershire before I came out here. I, just, I think that's really interesting. It's true, but it does make you feel like all the narratives we've heard about the Yondershire was just a Shire folk's opinion. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly so. Possibly so. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. You know, like, same about the Bucklanders, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Well, uh, we should let folks go. It's getting late. Um, but, um, uh, <laughs> but uh thanks everybody uh for joining us uh here i think next we've got um we've got some uh ruins to see um mm-hmm. several ruins to see at least five sets of ruins really um let's um Maybe next time we'll head out to the old links and then up to Tyrehad uh, from there. Maybe we do the uh, the the ruins from east to west here. Start at Tyrehad and then go through across, ending up in uh, Hlongobel, um over there before we end. But oh yeah, yeah. Okay, we got some ruins to look at, but. Yeah. We, we've, we did we did some looking uh, before at uh, at Mythmoot, so it might not take us that long to explore mm-hmm. them all. But I'm sure we'll soon, find something. <laughs> pretty soon, we'll have to head back to Eregion because we're gonna we're 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 actually getting towards game terrain that we were saving for the narrative. So yep. All right. Yep. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for joining us. And I uh, will plan and hope to see you guys again next week for more discussion and more field trips. So thanks, everybody. Good night now. Night. See you next week.